We cover our bases, face it, you can't erase us Back and forth, watch where it take us Cultural topics and sports, baby, you know we got it Always our response is amazing Our bases covered, yeah Yeah, you know you love it, our thoughts, they be off of the dome First to the second, the topics, they change like the weather Then you know we bringing it home We cover our bases, face it, you can't erase us Back and forth, watch how we shine Cultural topics and sports, baby, you know we got it Always our responses be prime Our bases covered, Woo. Yeah, you know you love it, no limits to where we can go So do grab a seat Oh no, this ain't MLB, but you know it's time for the show. All bases covered. Welcome to the All Bases Covered podcast. We are here on a Monday. I don't think Josh is going to be joining us, but Sam, we have a very special guest today. The Great White Buffalo is going to be joining us. Oh my today. God, it's a Yeti sighting. And we have Tommy on the show. The Great White Buffalo, folks. The uh, we can't the Good. Yeti side sighting is here. We got we got one. <laughs> Good afternoon, up, boys. Good afternoon. Hi, afternoon. Dude, I'm, I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Oh man, up, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I appreciate the uh, the introduction, um, you know, but I was I was hoping for a little bit more. Oh, you're yeah, open for tomorrow. My apologies. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you could have really stepped it up there. Let, him, let, let, let everybody know that, that Tommy's your part-time boyfriend, right? No, no, man, of course not. But I, I was I was really hoping that, that Mr. Mike would, would step up and be like, the reigning and only two-time fantasy oh, champion of the waiting for this one. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> needed, needed. So tell me, how, how sweet does it feel? How, how sweet does it feel to win it all? <laughs> oh, I, I love Holy. it, and to do it back to back before before Mike was able to, or anybody else was able to accomplish that. I mean, that, it's it's a feeling like none other. <laughs> What I mean, you know what? I, I, I feel very happy for you, but I, I, I was 7-7, seven and seven and I finished second in my league this year. I was one, <laughs> roster, I was one roster move away from winning it all. Underdog story of the fucking year, bro. Oh, man. All I had to do but was put in, put in Brandon Ayuk, and it was over. By, by the way, the next that's time solid. we have Tommy on the show, private jet is that is that good enough for you uh we'll send out the all bases covered private jet to come pick you up oh yeah in the studio please please (laughs) where are you physically located right now tommy uh cincinnati oh what the fuck get your get your white ass in a car and just drive over to mike's house (laughs) i just i need to get i need to get a studio If, if our show starts getting our listeners back up to where we were I need to get a fucking studio to get just Joe, Josh, and Tommy and myself in the studio and, and have some high-tech call-in shit for Sam. And when his ass is in town from Michigan, he'll come to the studio, too. Yeah. Let's, let's uh, need to find a, find a uh, local studio uh, and get some better audio equipment. This shit sucks. I need a better mic. <laughs> All right, guys. Hey Tommy, it sounds like a bunch of excuses from the guy that you know, uh, you know, apparently runs the whole show, right? Yeah, yeah he's he, he wasn't the prettiest. He's he's balling, man. What? He's balling. I'll 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 give it to him. Of course, Burrow? playing the boyfriend role. 
<laughs> Don't be jealous, man. I, I like you in those peds, too. <laughs> hey, man. Peds is what makes the world go around and around and around. All right. So we got we got the Bengals, man. Now, they they didn't beat Baltimore as handedly as some people thought they should. It is. As, as Sam likes to point out, Sam's a big proponent of this. It's a division game, and especially now when you're playing. You, you kind of know each other's offenses and defenses, and, like, you can pick out the flaws a lot quicker when it's a divisional opponent. Yeah, especially when it's the third time playing that team in one year, in one season. Right. So it's tough. But they got they skated by. I do feel that I do. I, I, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I'm going to go ahead and say this. I do feel like if Lamar Jackson was playing, it would be a different story. I'm not saying the Ravens would have won. I'm saying maybe it would have been a, like a shootout, possibly. You know, um, comes down to a field goal. Right. You know, uh, you know it's not. They want they want in a really weird way. I don't know. If, I don't know if the Bengals. Uh, I, I don't foresee them winning that way if Lamar's playing. Is what I'm saying. I, I would agree with that. Not, I would agree also, with that 100%. Lamar, how 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 healthy would he have been? Let's say Lamar was good to go. He's been off for six weeks and hasn't really practiced. Would Lamar have been sharp in his first game action? No, but you know what? It's not even about being sharp. The Bengals defense then has to game plan for Lamar, which is a completely different game plan, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, it's a completely no, different game plan. I mean – they could do a ton of shit. Definitely. Lamar at like 80%, right, is better than Huntley at, at you know, full strength, what we saw last night, easily. Yep. And, and yep. point in case, yep. right, there was a, a play, I believe, with like Logan Wilson um, on the outside, um, and he was able to run down Huntley and keep him from getting a crucial first down. I believe it was near the yeah. start or middle of the third quarter. And Lamar Jackson, there's there's no catch in that dude. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, that, even at eighty, like also, you were saying, uh, Tommy. Even at eighty, he's yeah. he's still a difference maker, right? Yeah. Oh, easily. Well, easily. The play that broke the Ravens that ended up winning the game for the Bengals was the QB sneak from about the yard and a half line, where Huntley went straight up with the ball, tried to reach it over. He was still well short of the end zone when he reached it over, and it got smacked out and into Hubbard's hands. And he ran it back for 98 yards. Harbaugh has come out and said that that was supposed to be an underneath sneak. Yeah. He wasn't supposed to be yeah. going over top. He was supposed to go under the tackles and sneak it into the end zone that way. Because, let's face it, the only quarterbacks who are getting away with going over top like that are like Cam Newton or some other quarterback who's like six foot five and like a strong, big, yeah, like a, I'll even and, say like a like a in prime Ben Roethlisberger could like stretch or something like that. Yeah, and he was big too. But yeah, Huntley, who's like six one, six two, he's not getting over there. And he was stood straight up. And looking at the replay, even when he's reaching the ball over, and he's like saying, "Oh, I reached it. Oh, I reached it." I'm like, dude, you weren't even fucking close to getting that ball over the fucking goal line when it got batted out. So I think if Lamar if Lamar's playing, I, I see them faking like a Dobbins and like Lamar going around the outside. They're not going to try to sneak Lamar in, you know, for a yard yeah. and a half, I think. They, they, they'll they rely on his speed at that point. But, yeah, that, that was, was, was solely on Huntley, right? 
that that was that 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 mistake or that play that that was solely on Huntley and and his mistake to try to go over top because honestly if I remember correctly too right you had a Dobbins you might have even had a fullback that was supposed to push him forward had he actually dove right. and instead he goes yeah. over top otherwise you would have flanked Dobbins out wide to pull a Logan Wilson to go follow him you know if you were going to go over the top but I mean yeah that was just a it was a silly mistake, young quarterback, right? And it worked in the Bengals' favor this time. Let, let me ask you a question. Um, let's say they, they do score. Let's say they do score. How much time is left? 11 minutes. There's still 11 minutes. Oh, plenty of time. Plenty of time. Yeah, plenty of time. I mean, so, Bengals could have still came but, back and won it. But the problem was the Bengals weren't offensively, weren't moving the ball very well. Their offensive line is really banged up, which is a concern going forward. They've lost three starting offensive linemen now. Now there's a possibility of getting Kappa and Williams back by next week for Buffalo. But it's still, they're banged up. So the Bengals are going to have to address that in the offseason. They're going to have to get some more depth. Uh, there's, I would, I would honestly jettison General Williams. I think he fucking sucks. He's one of the lowest-graded tackles in the league, and he's given up a league-high 12 sacks from the left tackle. That's, the, that's Burrow's blind spot. Uh, and, and Williams has given up 12 sacks, which is tied for most in the league. So, for me, I think they got to get rid of General Williams. And you, find, you wonder and how much of his health itself has suffered. You, you wonder how much of Burrow's health has suffered from having such a poor left tackle. Yeah. So I think just a, just a poor line in general, right? Well, no, yeah, man, that man's been beat up, bro. He's been beat the hell up the last three years. But one second here. So the first seven games of the season, the Bengals were ranked dead last in sacks allowed, pretty much, as they were getting the new O line kind of gelled together, everybody gelling together. The last ten games of the season, the Bengals' offensive line gave up the fourth fewest amount of sacks over that time period. So the the offensive line was starting to figure it out until these injuries started piling up. They lose Lael Collins against the Patriots. They lose Kappa against the Ravens. And now they've lost General Williams also against the Ravens in the playoffs. But the offensive line was figuring out. I think whenever you introduce four new starters on an offensive line and then you have a quarterback that misses all of preseason – there's going to be an adjustment period, and it takes offensive lines time to gel. And that's, you, you even see it in college. Whenever you have a, a team with an offensive the offensive line, it takes some, time to, takes some time to gel. So I think the Bengals will be okay there next year, but they're going to have to find some not only depth to find a new left tackle, I think, because General Williams ain't the guy. He's just not. So, but they need to move some. They need to move some talent move through their practice squad and like through their, like uh, you know their lower round draft picks and kind of work them up into being you know part of the team, right? Well, that's what I'm saying. They got to develop some depth there. They don't have it right now. Jackson Carmen looks like a complete bust. He was a second round pick a few years ago. He looks like he's just trash. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens, but. Uh, I don't know. We got Buffalo this week, so uh, Bengals, you know, they got a shot. Buffalo Buffalo also struggled in their game against Miami, which is also, to your point, Sam, a divisional opponent. They were starting little-known third stringer Skylar Thompson. By the way, 
the Bills allowed, what, Miami to score 31 points, and the Jets held Miami with the same starting quarterback to 11 points the week before. Um, But the Bills are turning the ball over a lot. I don't know what's the matter with Josh Allen lately, but he he is turning the ball over a lot in his own end zone. Oh, we lost somebody. I don't know who dropped. Yeah, man, it's 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 crazy. I I just uh, the Bills might be in some trouble next week. I I don't know if you guys saw the Dolphins game at all, but um, but Josh Allen was through two picks. He was strip sacked. Like it just. That offense didn't look that great. Yeah, I mean, they they still put up some solid points, right? Yeah, I think they put up 34, right? It was 34-31. I think the Bills won. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've been been saying it since since, uh, his his little elbow injury that, uh, you know, Josh Allen has been racking up a lot of I don't know what the fuck happened there. Sorry, guys. Sorry to our audience. Uh, sorry, guys. I don't. You guys, can you guys hear me now? Hello. Yep, I've got you. I don't know what the fuck happened. All of a sudden, I'm, well, I'm hearing everything talk, and then the, the fucking line dropped, and it just started beeping like a busy signal. So, sorry. I think, yeah, Joe dropped off. I, th- I think Joe dropped off. He did drop off, but he was only calling. He, he was only calling in. It was like the whole studio went down. The whole audio feed went down. I think we're going to have to drop Blog Talk Radio, guys. Sorry to say that while we're broadcasting on Blog Talk Radio, but your fucking platform is fucking sucking right now. I think we're going to have to take our show somewhere else. To new Uh, heights, man. To new heights. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think it's time to to fucking go off Blog Talk Radio. Um, Anyways, we were talking about the Bills. Uh, you guys were saying they, they put up 34 points in the win, but they, they did look sloppy. Sam, you were starting to talk about Josh Allen's elbow and how you think that might be still causing him some issues. Yeah, I think that since he's had that elbow injury, that his turnovers have skyrocketed. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. It'll be interesting next week. The Bills are also down Von Miller, but they still have a great defense. So I, I, I think that's going to be that's going to be telling how the Bengals kind of adjust if we can get past Buffalo and move on to the AFC Championship game for the second year in a row. So we'll kind of see about that. Um, my uh, so Sam, you're from New York, New Jersey area. All right, you're pretty in tune with the sports scene over there. Danny Dimes played pretty great against Minnesota. Vanilla Vic, man. His name's Vanilla Vic. (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Quarterback in New York, did Brian Dabble unlock Daniel Jones' potential? And that would make the second quarterback that he does that to, pretty much. So Josh Allen would be the first. And then – and then he would be the second. And, yeah, I, I think if you give Daniel Jones an elite weapon, ah, man, he's so borderline, like, could be great. He just needs to – guess what? He finally fixed his turnover problem. 
he's historically he had a, a fumble, fumbling issue, and even picks. He's turned. He's cut yeah. that off, bro. Five picks this year. Yeah, and and that was. Let's the thing. not get too yeah. excited about this guy, though, right? Oh, here comes Tommy. I mean, wait a, I mean, wait, 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 a, wait a second here, right? I mean, he, yeah, he won a playoff <laughs> game, great, right? But let's, I mean, let's face it though, it's it's a struggling Viking squad, right? I mean, Kirk Cousins was starting to flop towards games. the end of the season. <laughs> hey, we're struggling. Listen, listen, that, you that saw that it team, near the end. Has, that team, that team has a better quarterback, a better running back, a be- better receivers, and they still lost. I don't know about well, no Kirk Cousins, Danny Dimes, Vanilla Vic, whatever you want to call them, they're they're on the same level, maybe. And say, say no, I, I still put Cousins higher because of just the the, the uh, you know he has the experience, man. But don't Saquon's better than Dalvin Cook at this point, Sam? Right? No, man. Just this season, he proved. If we had this conversation before the season started, you would have put Dalvin Cook. No questions asked. Because you know what you had it you had it out for Saquon this year. You're like, oh, he's gonna suck this year, blah blah blah. You went off at the beginning of the season. <laughs> I did, I did. <laughs> yeah, and we were taking over under on how much uh, how many what his rushing yards would be, and I told you that he was gonna have a good year. I just had a feeling because yeah. contract year guys, I don't know why they get shit together. They have the right coach, like Josh Jacobs. He was not supposed to have a great year, but he did. Yeah. But let's let's go back. Dude, to those heads, man, you got like a steel trap. <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, no, but I was I was shitting on Saquon all through the summer up until the season starting. <laughs> I was shitting on Saquon every show. <laughs> this guy was like fourth round, sixth round. I don't even want that motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, so, but you you go to admit though, right? The Vikings the Vikings were struggling, right, towards the end. Yes, they had a twelve, thirteen win season, whatever, right? But towards the end, they I, I think I want to say they lost at least one, if not two games. They won three out of their and last And they won four. against the Giants Giants on a last second field goal, like a miracle field goal. Yeah. So they weren't yeah, I mean, I don't they know. Were probably the most fraudulent thirteen and fourteen, right? Like they were probably the most fraudulent thirteen and fourteen this season. So I mean and Josh did call that the Vikings would get upset, excuse me, and that they wouldn't get back past the Giants. So uh there, because I did think the Vikings would go on and move past the Giants and go on to face San Francisco or something. But I, I wanna ask you real quick, Sam. The Giants, you talk about needing weapons and or like an elite weapon. And I, you're right. They don't have a Justin Jefferson, DeAndre Hopkins, Jamar Chase. But, man, there's two guys on the Giants that I think look really damn good. One of them is Isaiah Hodges. Okay? Oh, yeah, Isaiah big body, Hodges. 6'4". Yeah, definitely. And he had eight catches for 105 and a touchdown last week or, la- uh, or on Sunday. He's kind of his last few weeks, man, he has really come on, like, quite a bit. Like, so he didn't play much early, but he ended up – he ended the season with 37 catches for 400 yards and four touchdowns. He didn't really play much at all, uh, all year. Like, he didn't – I don't even think he got in – 
his first game playing was November 13th. That was when he had a uh, – that was his first game playing. And then all he did was put – was, you know, six catches, 44 yards of touchdown, six catches, 38 yards of touchdown, 12 catches, 89 yards of touchdown, this, this five is, this catches, is a Bills pra- This is a Bills practice squad player, by the way. He was on the Bills practice was it? squad okay. for like a couple of seasons, you know. And he – he looked good in the Jets' offense, so I, I, I get it. They might need like an elite receiver because although we don't know what Wendell Robinson's going to do, he didn't play much as a rookie. He was hurt a little bit, banged up. I think, and you know, and you got Darius Slayton. I like the tight end Bellinger. You know, they might go out and get one more receiver, but I, I kind of like Hodgins on the outside there, especially in the red zone. I, I think he can be a guy that maybe next year, if he plays for the full season, can be like a seven or eight touchdown guy because he gets looks in the red zone quite a bit. And he's a big body, but you know what? What the Giants did was when they went out and they went for looking for a number one, they signed Kenny fucking Galladay. That's the problem. Yeah, they were they're mistake. expecting Kenny Galladay to, to to reproduce number like basically number one type of numbers and he has not even been close to that, right? No, he's been fucking god-awful. Um, yeah, I, dude, I, I don't know, man. We'll see. The Giants now got to play Philly on the road. That's a tough game. I don't know if the Giants are going to get by there, uh, by Philly. But, man, they, I think they got some young, exciting pieces. We'll see if they re-sign Saquon. If I'm the Giants, I'm probably not giving Saquon money. I'm going to shit on him again, even though he just had a massive season. Um, he <laughs> can't stay healthy. And I told him I, to I, I, what they money. should have done is they should have picked up, they should have picked up one of those two's 50-year options and then yeah. franchise tag the other, right? Yeah. Um, all right. So the Cowboys play the Bucks today. We'll see how that turns out. That game just started. Um, last one for the wild card weekend kind of that I want to touch on is the Jacksonville Jaguars team has a similar feeling to last year's Bengals team. Uh, the Bengals ended up 10 and seven winning their division. Um, and, and then going on a run to the Super Bowl. This Jacksonville team got hot late after a two and six start. They finished nine and eight. Um, so they went what seven and two down the stretch. Uh, beat the Titans to win the division, and then they come all the way back from a 27 to nothing deficit against the Chargers uh, to beat to win that game. Overcame a horrendous first half by Trevor Lawrence, and now they got to go to Arrowhead. But I feel like Jacksonville's playing with house money. Can Jacksonville get past Kansas City to make it to the AFC title game? For me, no chance. No, no, no chance whatsoever, None. right? I mean, uh, you know what? You're, Kansas City's not going to give up that lead, right? I mean, that, that we know that's not going to happen. I think we've seen glimpses of the Chargers doing that pretty much all season, not to that severity. And now at this point, we know that Kansas City is, is not going to make those mistakes. So, okay. But is Lawrence going to play as badly as he did in the first half against the Chargers? Is he going to throw four picks? Because I don't see it happening. The Chargers' defense is a lot better than Kansas City's defense. No, he won't. He won't. He won't play that bad. 
I don't know. I give the Jags the punch. But you know what? Kansas City, uh, Kansas City has a very suspect defense. You know, they, they they show up on very rare occasions. You know, and and against weaker teams for that matter. I think you know. And that that's true. And the, here's the one thing that Jacksonville has that I don't trust in Kansas City. Jacksonville has a rushing attack, and if they get the lead, they can shorten the game with the running game. And it is one thing that I also feel the Bengals can do to the Bills if they get a lead is that they can run the ball with Mixon and Pirine if need be. But Jacksonville's got ATN, and then I think their backup is Jermichael Hasty. I believe that if the Jags can shorten the game, limit the possessions for Mahomes, and, and, and basically take the ball out of his hands, and, and do a similar game plan to what the Ravens did to the Bengals, where the Jags are going on these six, seven-minute scoring drives and taking the ball out, keeping the ball away from Mahomes. They got a shot. And Doug Peterson is very familiar with Andy Reid. Doug Peterson was Andy Reid's offensive coordinator in Kansas City before getting the head coaching job in Philadelphia. So he's very familiar with that offense. And I think the Jags could could surprise some people in Kansas City. Yeah, I, I, would, I mean, I, I would agree, right? Like, you, you just – you never know. And like you said, the Jags are playing with house money, right? And it's kind of like, again, not to bring a, open up old wounds for me here, right? But it was kind of like Ohio State, Michigan, and then you see Ohio State versus Georgia, right? It was kind of Ohio State had everything to lose at that point when they played Michigan and they lost it, right? And it was ugly. Yeah. They go and play Georgia, and it was kind of like, at that point, it was house money for them, right? Nobody expected them to win, keep it close, anything. So they went out and played lights out. So we honestly could see that out of Jacksonville, um, you know, this coming weekend. I'm not sure that it's going to be enough to, to win the game, especially in Arrowhead, but yeah, it, it could be could be close. But I think Jacksonville is still missing – a few pieces, especially I think, on the the wide receiver weapons, to to really make yeah. a, a deeper run. Fair enough. Um, Sam, you had texted me earlier this week, laughing about how like Cliff Kingsbury gets fired. And he's like, "Fuck it, I'm out of here. I'm going to Thailand." Right? Well, I sent you pictures earlier. I think he's having. I think he's enjoying his time in Thailand quite a bit. Oh, is he is he uh, taking in the extracurricular activities out there? Yeah, yeah. I think I don't think Tommy's not in that group chat, so I think I'm gonna have to copy this photo and send it over to you, uh, Tommy, about uh, what Cliff Kingsbury's been hanging out with since in Thailand. I think that's his wife, <laughs> anyways. But still, I think he's enjoying his time away from football just a bit. Um, <laughs> I just also, thought he was. Yeah. I thought he tried too hard to sell himself initially. And then he bet it all on Kyler Murray. And uh, Kyler Murray's good, but he's not great. I don't even know if he's good. Like, to me, he's just another dude. He's just another guy. He's I, I don't even know if you, who you can compare him to stat-wise. I, I think it's hard to compare him to, like, Lamar Jackson or somebody of, of, along that line. He's 25 and 31 as a starter. Um, you know, his best year in 2020, 
he, he threw for 3,971 yards, 26 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. And then, you know, uh, in 2021, he, last year. How many, how, many rushing, how, how many rushing touchdowns did he have that year? In 2020, let's see, 2020 and 2021. Uh, he had 11 t- rushing touchdowns in 2020 and 819 yards. On yeah, the that, that's kind of what his bread and butter became at one point. You know that he was going to supplement yeah. his passing touchdowns with some rushing touchdowns. But dude, yeah. he's built like a that little like a little boy. I'm sorry, he, how is he going to? He's not Cam Newton. You know, he's not even Lamar Jackson. What the fuck? He's five ten, man. He's small. He's small, and I just. I, Man, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he's that dude. I I just see. I have a hard I, time. I, I'll go back and I'll say that the the what the in my opinion the best five ten quarterback in the history of the NFL has to be Drew Brees. And Brees Drew Brees wasn't focused on man. he's a little taller. Nah, bro, he's five eleven listed, but like without shoes, he's short, man. He's really short. He's six <laughs> He's generally listed. listed at six feet. Let me put it to you that way. He, he, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Okay, well, maybe maybe Kyler's generously listed at 5'10". <laughs> Who knows? Oh, absolutely. He stood but, next to Dave Portnoy, who's like 5'9", and Dave Portnoy looked like he was just as tall as Kyler Murray. Yeah. But anyways, uh, did you ever, so, ever like, look at Kyler Murray and accurate. say, like, dude, that was a bad – like, he wasn't going to make it as an NFL quarterback? He should have stuck to baseball, think- in my opinion. He might have been a really good baseball player. He's a good baseball player size, five ten, especially if yeah, you're like your that's pitcher. a great like shortstop, even like second base, right? Yeah, or outfield even. You know, you're fine there. Like for third base and first base, you need to be a little taller. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see who the Cardinals hire. Uh, apparently, they're trying to trade DeAndre Hopkins. They're trying to jettison anybody that doesn't get along with Kyler Murray. That's a, that seems to be a problem. I don't know if he's a leader at all. I, I can't imagine the Bengals or the Ravens or, like, the fucking uh, the Bills trading away, like, their top receiver because they don't get along with the franchise quarterback. I just – I don't see it happening. And, and guess what? Guess what? The only issue – the only issue with all these other franchise quarterbacks that you've mentioned would be guaranteed money. See, uh, you know, yeah. Kyler Murray had a clause in his contract saying that he has to fucking study. The guy loves Call of yeah. Duty. You know, the guy yeah. loves Call of Duty. So, I mean, none of these other – even Lamar Jackson, for the love of God, they're not p- putting in a studying clause for him. It's just the guaranteed money that right. he wants. That's it. They're not giving him the guaranteed money. So, Didn't um, know that. you know, I forgot <laughs> I wanted to touch on this a little bit. Oh, go ahead, Tommy. Did you have something you wanted to add? No, no, I was just – I didn't know that there was a study clause in, in Kyler Murray's contract. That's interesting. They, they took had it, out it and then they had to remove it because of backlash. Yeah, but yeah, they put it saying in there. That, saying that a lot because of he's a black quarterback, they're, they're, they're making it that he has to have a study clause written in there. Why does Patrick Mahomes not have one? Tom Brady not have one? Because they don't fucking play Call of Duty, dude. Exactly. Well, <laughs> Mahomes is a black quarterback, so. Yeah, and exactly, and it has nothing to do with black or white. It's just like you just don't right. like to study. That's what it is. So. There was something I wanted to touch on as far as the Bengals go. I forgot to bring this up. They interviewed Mike Brown some uh, like the other day. And 
Joe Burrow, obviously, within the last week, has said, you know, he, he wants to play his whole career in Cincinnati. He hopes that, you know, Zach Taylor's here for a long time, yada, yada, yada. Um, and I want to get your guys' opinion on this before I kind of give my thoughts on it. But Mike Brown went on to talk about this, and here's the quotes from Mike Brown. He is an extraordinary leader. He's very conscious of how he goes about maintaining his position, and he does a great job of it. Everyone in the building is conscious of him and his role. He's going to have a very long career. We certainly want it to be here, and I think his window will extend over his whole career. But there is the fact that when you don't have to pay the quarterback some extraordinary amount, that leaves room to pay other players more, and therefore you can keep more players that are good players. It's Mahomes and others of that like, they seem to make it go even after they've gotten their payday. So I want you guys to break down. Can, can, I, tell, can I tell you one thing just right off the bat? Yeah. I agree with what he said, but he shouldn't have said it publicly. That should have been said behind okay. closed doors. Because you weaken yep. his position. At, a, at, the, at the negotiation table, you literally weaken his position. Those conversations yeah. about taking less money all needs to be happened behind closed doors. No one knew about no one knew that Brady and Manny was taking less money until it was already done. Right. Because they took less money to build their teams better. Right. I, I just feel like that that shouldn't have been put out there, front and center for for Burrow to hear and listen to before he goes into any kind of negotiation. But but at yeah. what point in Manning's and Brady's careers did they take less money? So, so Brady took less money, less money when he was up for a contract in New England. He took five million dollars less per year, and they pay, they wanted to pay Peyton an, an extra five. And Peyton said, "What is Brady making? Brady was making like twenty one mil, I think, at that time. He's like, give me what Brady's making, and that's it. I don't need more than that." And they were able to upgrade their defense. They were able to upgrade their their draft status. All those things. My, my yeah, I, I feel like – sorry, I, I was just going to say that, um, you know, I, I, I kind of feel like we're going to see Brown's true colors here, you know, in the coming years, right? I mean, I, I could see Burrow being a guy that probably does take less money, right, to kind of build a team, win some championships. Like, that's that's the goal. But, you know, there also comes a point where it's like how how cheap is Brown really going to be here, right? I mean, is it going to be like an insult or slap in the face to try to keep Burrow and Chase and – Higgins and all these guys, right? And, and then and ultimately they like do end up leaving. That up right now. I feel, that's why I feel like, as a, 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 from from a management perspective, he shouldn't have brought that up now about taking less money. You know, if that conversation should have happened, oh, it should have happened behind closed doors. Brown is already known as kind of a cheap owner. Um, and here's my concern for it: is Burr's going to see this as you said? Sam, he put it out there publicly, and he's going to be like, he doesn't want to pay me. He doesn't want to keep me. And I, you're, both of you are right. There's nothing wrong with what he's saying. You're right. If you don't pay your quarterback $60 million a year, you have room to spend it on offensive line and receivers and DBs, whatever. But let, let Burrow make that decision. Don't, don't force his hand and say, look, um, you know, if we pay you this extraordinary amount of money, 
you're not gonna we're not gonna be able to surround you with the players that you want. And I think that's a that's a mistake, especially from an owner who is already perceived to be cheap. And so I right. don't want to alienate right. the greatest player in your franchise's history. And let's Correct. face it, there's not a lot of quarterbacks that are like Joe Burrow sitting out there. For example, the Patriots had never won a Super Bowl. They had lost twice in the Super Bowl, similar to the Bengals, I guess you could say, before Tom Brady got there. They had been to two Super Bowls before Tom Brady. After Tom Brady got there, they went to nine Super Bowls, or yeah, and won six of them. The Patriots are now tied for the league lead in Super Bowl wins because one quarterback changed the entire fucking franchise. And he put in 20 years. He put in 20 years there, right? He put he in literally 20 years put in like almost 20 years at that one place. And he built it up to to where every year it was like, all right, well, you know what? You know the Patriots are going, bro. Like, everyone knew it. It wasn't even like a question. It was just automatically assumed. Yeah, but and Brady, you have Brady the was not with to be bro. the franchise quarterback. But I'm saying you have it with Bro. I've told Mike plenty of times as a Jets fan, I would, t- I would trade away the next five to seven years of first-round draft picks with Joe Burrow. If oh, I was I, I mean, I the older, I'd – I'd make wacky decisions like that because, dude, the guy can change the next 20 years for you, literally. Literally change the next 20 years for you. What's five years exactly. in, in, the, in, in the question of 20? I don't know if the Bengals are going to win a Super Bowl. I feel like they can with Burrow. But let's just say hypothetically, uh, you know, let's just say hypothetically the Bengals over the next 15 years that they have Burrow as their starting quarterback – Let's say they go to three Super Bowls and they win two of them. That I mean, all of a sudden the Bengals aren't a fucking joke of a franchise anymore. And you got so, yeah. Do I wish that Burrow would take like a thirty-five, thirty-eight million dollar year contract and not go for forty-five, fifty million dollars? Yeah, I do. But if you want that money, as fucking John Malkovich says in Rounders, pay that man his money. Like, just fucking do it and get over it and fucking pay him and and then fucking draft really well and let's see what else you can put around him on young, cheap contracts. It would be really a big shame if you guys lost him because of money and ownership. Yeah. That would be, like, the, the that would be fucking shameful, man. That would be absolutely shameful. Well, and the Bengals, the Bengals, I believe, are in the top ten NFL teams with the most salary cap space. Today, they as should be able to pay the man. But the problem is they got yeah, to exactly. they, pay Higgins, they have to pay Higgins, they have to pay Chase, they got to pay they a lot more other people. They don't have to pay Higgins. They don't have to pay Higgins. Let's, let's be real. Let me be clear on this. And a lot of Bengals fans are going to fucking come after me. I don't give a shit. When you run an NFL franchise, you can't keep everybody. And the fucking Chiefs didn't keep Tyreek Hill. And uh, there's a lot of other teams that don't keep their star receiver. To win in the NFL, you don't need two or three stud receivers. You just need one really good one and some nice complimentary pieces. And we've seen that over the years. Tom, Tom Brady won how many Super Bowls without a – they lost 
the Super Bowls when they hit when he had Randy Moss. No, no, Austin, but you always, but, but you know, in the bulk of his Super Bowl wins, he had stud tight ends, though, you know. So, but Bur- so same thing with so this way. Burrow proved good. that this year. Yeah, Burrow proved that this yeah. year when Jamar Chase went down for what four or five games, and he was making Trenton Irwin look like a freaking stud out there, right? I mean, so he, he already did that. He proved that you just need one guy, a decent slot, and then how I'll make the, the, the third-string wide receiver, Trenton Irwin, look amazing. Exactly. So, I mean, if you if you build around Burrow and you give him a good offensive line, you know, you can get running backs to me. I'm sorry, they're a dime a dozen. Um, I think you can you can find one in the fourth round. Of yeah, the draft I, unless draft. unless Joe Mixon signs for cheap, I would say peace out, yeah. bye bye. You know, exactly. Where did the Cowboys draft Tony Pollard at? He was like a fourth round pick. Yeah. So and you know what? And you know what the Bengals need to do? They need to surround. They need to surround Joe Burrow with the type of O line that Dallas gives their quarterback or has historically given exactly. their quarterback. Or what? Or what Tampa Bay gave to Brady his first couple of years before they all got Correct. hurt. Correct. Like, Correct. Give them, give them some protection. But yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. But I thought that quote was interesting. Uh, we got a little under twenty minutes to go. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna shift off of NFL football for a minute. Um, I want I want to talk about something that'll move the needle a little bit here, and it's LeBron James tying Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for points. Um, so now, you know, he's been in the league forever. He came in as a high school after his high school year. Um, a lot of people are saying that this makes him the goat. I still disagree on that. I think most of you here are on my team with that, where we all consider Jordan the greatest Oh, I completely disagree. Fucking points leader means dick to me, bro. Okay, right, exactly. So, you guys, this, though. Based on how the NBA game has changed, and all sports, really, especially football, baseball, maybe to an extent, do stats matter anymore? I think for baseball Sam. stats matters a big deal because of the analytics piece of it. And NB- the NBA has adopted that analytics piece of it. That's why they're doing this rest of player, you know, I don't know where they got this fucking idea from, where they rest their stars because they feel like it, you know, and they want the fresh for later on. Uh, I think that's, that's, that, that ends up hurting them, but that's besides the point. Yeah, I feel like analytics and stats have kind of in- they've changed the way the game's played from a natural perspective. Yeah, I mean, I, I would so, say the stats definitely matter, right? Stats and analytics, right? I mean, I, I just – I think the problem is, though, is like – I think like you said, Mike, is that the game's constantly changing, right? I mean, now the NFL has 17 games versus 16 versus, what, 13 or 14, 20, 30 years ago, right? Like, so, so the yeah. stats that we're looking at really aren't even equal anyways, but – when right. you talk about LeBron as the goat, right? We're 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 obviously all on the same page there. He's he's not. But for me, when I, I analyze the goat of any sport, right? It's 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 more than just one or two stats, or you're the leader in points for the NBA, right? It's it's you know, did you make your you know teammates better, right? I mean, did you win yeah. championships? Did you make people around you better? Well, LeBron. And I think one of the one of the monikers. I'm sorry, just to 
you know, ride your coattail there, Tommy. You know, one of the monikers is that you pretty much stayed with the same franchise for the majority of your career. You you, you dug it out. You, you stood there. You saw it through thick and thin, and you made something out of it. Yeah, and, you know, unfortunately, that, uh, that's a lost uh, lost art these days. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's where I my argument for stats not mattering anymore, except for I would say in baseball where the game hasn't really changed all that much from 1970s. They still have pitchers that are throwing hard. You know, maybe the pitchers throw a little bit harder now, but, you know, whatever. But in basketball, it's a lot less physical than it was in the 80s and 90s. Guys get to the – you also have guys coming straight out of high school again. Um, You don't – you got younger and younger guys, that which used to not be the norm, okay? Then in football, nobody – everybody throws the ball now 45 times a game, okay? And to Tommy's point – and your point, Sam, you have a 17th game now. And, yeah, they've been playing 16 games for a while. But, yeah, there was a point in time in the 60s and 70s where they played four, when they played, like, 12 to 14 games. Running for 1,000 yards. Because it was so physical that they couldn't play more than 14 fucking games. Yeah. Well, but running for 1,000 yards anymore is not impressive. Do you know what you have to average per game? to run for 1,000 yards on a 17-game schedule. So, like, 80 yards, something like that? 59 yards a game. Jeez. That's disgusting, bro. There are backups, there are backups in the 90s yeah. that would get that in garbage time. Exactly. 59 yards a game and a 17-game schedule gets you 1,000 yards. So, like, when people point to a rookie running back like Kenneth Walker and they're like, oh, he ran for – 1,025 yards. I'm like, fucking cool story, bro. That's like fucking 60 yards a game he averaged. Like, it's not impressive to me. When you had running back on a 12-game schedule reached over 1,000 yards. Like, that's That's wild. That's wild. Yeah, dude, like, O.J. Simpson. Do you know what O.J. Simpson and uh, O.J. Simpson played from uh, in 13 games? 14-game schedule, O.J. Simpson ran for 2,000 yards on a 14-game schedule. <laughs> Holy shit. That, he averaged 143 yards on the ground that season. 143 yards a game on the ground that year. And now you got guys that are, like, pumping their fists on a 17-game schedule, like, oh, I ran for 1,100 yards. Fucking great. That's great. I should That's get a, I should get a massive contract for that. Exactly. <laughs> and so, and in the NBA, the game's so different. They all they do is play is, is shoot three pointers now. They shoot three and pointers. And guess what? Their stars are playing like sixty games a year, bro. They're missing out on twenty two right. games average. Exactly. Exactly. I don't know, man. I to me stats. They're not impressive to me. I don't. I don't give a shit anymore. When people point out like, "Oh, Mahomes threw for 52 touchdown passes," great. He had an extra game to do it. It's 17 games to do it. Like I don't care anymore. I just. I don't give a shit about stats because to me they're meaningless. Because the game's different than it used to be. 
when Dan Marino in 1984 threw for 48 touchdown 5, passes yards. and five yards. That was yeah. impressive because they didn't do that. It, 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 when the league average was like barely 3,000, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah. So what would you like? So what would you recommend like to 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 make the stats a little bit better, right? Like like either like create separate record books based upon the games per season, let's say, or you know, or adjust yeah. the previous stats to a 17 game season and be like, hey, this is what OJ would have done in 17 games. Your thousand yards looks like shit. You know exactly. what? I would, yeah. I would. What I would do? Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Mike. You first. No, no, go ahead, Sam. Go ahead, man. No, no, what I was saying is that I, I, would, I would go ahead and put, up, put the stats out there, but then give, like, a, you know, an updated stats. And that's to all the, the, the uh, new generation that loves to look at numbers and, and point shit out, right? It, had these players played in today's era, this is what they would average in 17 games, right? That, that's what I would yeah, – yeah, I would love to do that. I can't, we can't rewrite the history books, right, from a stats perspective, but we can let this generation know – that, you know, what you're looking at from a stat perspective is not apple to apple. Right. Well, you know, I, I can yeah. tell you from watching different documentaries, when Roger Maris broke the home run record set by Babe Ruth, a lot of people were mad about it because Babe Ruth did it in 13 less games. Or, I'm sorry, in four. Wait, the, what, yeah, wait. They play 160. They, Maris did it in 162 games and and 14 less games, sorry. And uh, Babe Ruth did it in 148. And so uh, even even back then in the 60s, baseball players, uh, the records were being like, hey, this doesn't really count. They got 14 extra games. And, and that's something that the players didn't get back then, uh, like the Babe Ruth and company. So. I feel like this is a stat that's been – this is an argument that could go on for years because as these games change and they add more games or they make it easier to do things, I, th- I feel like the stats lose more and more of their luster. And, and that's why – And that's it doesn't why have you to have be that way, right? Your, your, your Michael Jordans, the right. Magic Johnsons, these guys outlive those stats because they played a full 82-game schedule. They averaged what yeah. they averaged, right? You know, and they won championships to back it up. If, if the people, the announcers, and every, and the statisticians, and everybody, right? If they if they actually changed the narrative of the story and truly, like you said, laid out there that the games are different, but here's what so and so would have averaged with this amount of games, right? Like, if they would do that, then yeah. I think the stats would matter again. The real picture. Yeah. Yep. Or just kind of like explain that you know, you know, it's incredible what we're seeing, but you know, this is the the game is different than it was, you know. So and, and guess what? When I, when you I, come out and say O.J. Simpson did this in 14 games, all of a sudden you have a in today's society you, you're seen as a hot take. You know, yeah. uh, you're not seen well, as, boys, you're not you're, seen from a stat perspective. You're not seen from a stat perspective. Just Here's our first indication that we're getting old, right? Here's our first indication that we're getting old, right? Because it's like, well, guys, you young youngsters yeah. back in my day. Oh, my day. God, bro. Tommy, you nailed it on the money, bro. I am so fucking old. It's crazy. I yell at little kids that are riding their bikes without helmets. Yeah, I'm that guy. Bro. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly, man. <laughs> Let me, can I point out one more last crazy stat that I'm looking at? In nineteen in 1958, Jim Brown, in 12 games, ran for 1,500 yards and 17 touchdowns. My God. That is <laughs> unreal. 12 games? 12? In 12 games. Wow. 12 games, he, he ran for 1,500 yards and 17 touchdowns. If on he played 16 games, he would have the, the, the touchdown, total touchdown record over LT. I think LT has it with 33, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, he would definitely yeah. have. Combined, combined, he, he combined. Receiving ran, and get rushing another both. four games, he's probably running for like 23 touchdowns or so. <laughs> no, I'm not saying touchdowns, but I'm just saying like, if you gave him yeah. a full 16 seasons, I'm not saying he gets up there, but I'm saying, you know, like he will yeah. supplement that number a lot in four games. He might yeah. have yeah. another eight touchdowns on that 17 in four games or yeah. more. Exactly. Fucking insane. All right, we got about five minutes to go. Some major UFC news, and I'll get to some of these Yo, other we things. got to talk about this, man. It's serious. We got to talk about this. UFC releases Yannick and and what, what, what's uh, Francis and Ganu? Uh, sorry, not Yannick. Yeah. I'm thinking of the football player. Francis and Ganu, one of the most dominant heavyweight fighters of recent memory. He's been released from his contract. Him and UFC couldn't agree on a deal. So now the John Jones, the super fight that was to happen between him and John Jones is now dead, and John Jones is now scheduled. Cyril Gaines. Um, Sam, do you have the name of that opponent that John Jones? Yeah, Cyril Gaines. Cyril Gaines. He's a Frenchman. French, French okay. heavyweight. He just fought uh, so, Tui Vasa. Okay. John Jones is scheduled to return to the Octagon here in March. Um, dude, I'm, I'm shocked. Francis Ngannou is a beast. I mean, he is an absolute monster. He, he, you know what he's chasing? You know what he's chasing? Boxing? He wants a he, boxing match? Yeah, he, yeah, he's chasing a fight with Tyson Fury, bro. He wants that 20 okay. mil for the fight. Yeah. You know? He, he's looking for, he's looking for and, and guess what? From a size perspective, both of them match up very well. He, he's yeah, almost he's like... Uh, yeah, I mean, Francis can't box the way that Tyson does, but, I mean, you know, it's still a good matchup from a, from a power. If, if, if Francis, you know, lands a couple of those power punches, Tyson's back to the same test that he had before. He passed that last yeah. test. I don't know if he's going to pass it this time. Who knows? I'll be honest with you. But that's an Tyson interesting Pierre, point, though, right? And, and Deontay Wilder square off. I think that's a better No, no, go, uh, Tommy, 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 Tommy was going to say something. Oh, sorry. So go I was ahead, just going to say that's an interesting point you bring up, right? Like the UFC has been around for, what, 15, 20 years now, and yet they can't come to a, an agreement with one of their top fighters, you know, that they have around money. Why hasn't the UFC evolved like boxing, you know, ha- I mean, has for many years, right, where the fighters do make $20 million, $30 million a fight? I'll give you Dana the came that from that promotion, was- from that boxing promotion, right? So he wanted to monetize on a higher level than boxing did. And he wanted to do with volume. So the undercard fight, he's making money. You know, the, the, the uh, Fox uh, sports ones, he's making money. You know, 
all any fight that's happening, he's making money. So uh, that's where Dana wanted to go ahead and take that 20 mil and spread it across 20 fights and say, I'm still making the same money, but across now multiple promotions, a G League, D League, whatever, of the uh, UFC, the whole night. Well, the other thing too, Sam, is if boxing – if they if these fighters got paid as much as boxing, we wouldn't see the fights that we see. Because how many, Tommy, how many super Correct. fights Correct. have we not seen because they can't work out contract negotiations or because they're promoted by this guy and this guy's promoted by the other guy and they don't get along with the promoters don't get along. Or, or and that's why Dana wanted to avoid fight. all of that when he created UFC. Right. He saw what happened with boxing promoters. He's like, I don't want the nonsense of having agents involved and and then, you know, you have, you know, lawyers that are saying this, this can't happen and so on and so forth. I'm not putting the belt on the line. No, none of that nonsense. There, there's no more There's no more putting belt. The UFC now handles that. I, I don't agree with the way that he does it because he doesn't. He still doesn't pay his, his fighters enough. But I'm not on that Jake Paul camp where he's yelling at them to pay the fighters more because the fighters have to understand they're part of a – uh, a multi-billion dollar industry, and every part moves. If you could be a Conor McGregor and sell X amount of pay-per-view views, then we'll pay you, and that's what UFC's been doing. Yeah. They've been paying them. If you generate enough views, we'll go ahead and pay you, and I think that's a good strategy. Yeah. All right, so we've got to, yeah, let's, let's, let's talk about the, the, the big question. Who is the GOAT? of UFC fighting. I still have my fighter. There's a lot of people who are throwing Khabib's name out there. I, I'm i curious who you guys think is the greatest of all time at, in the UFC. I'll let Tommy go first. If you have um, I, I actually, I have a couple, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. So that really doesn't signify the greatest, but I think one of like the greatest entertainers that really got UFC off the ground was Chuck Liddell, right? Is he probably the one of the best of all time, right? No, but he was one of the best entertainers early on in UFC and what exactly what they needed to launch, you know, this this um this sport, right? Um for for me, I mean, honestly, I, and I I kind of, you know, not a huge UFC fan, so I didn't even realize that that he was making a comeback. Um but I always like two fighters. Um one one Anderson the Spider Silva, but two and probably yeah. who I think is the greatest is is Bones Jones. He's just electrifying okay. to watch, and and I've I've always enjoyed it. So that would be those two would be my my top with Bones Jones in his prime several years ago, kind of taking the the spot. I'm gonna go ahead so, and 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 say uh, that that Jones definitely takes the top spot for me, by far, by far. And I've watched UFC since its beginning. My my most favorite fighter. In, in mixed martial arts history, has always been Dan Henderson. So I mean, I, I the guys that I like, I like them for a reason. That's why I like Chuck Waddell as well. I, I agree with Chuck Waddell. What he did for the sport, bar none, it's it's great. But for what John Jones did in in the octagon against some of the the people that he fought in their prime, um, from a, from a skill perspective, I have to put John as like the, the top. I don't care if he had cocaine in his system. Molly, MDMA, I don't give a fuck. It doesn't matter. It, it does, he's still, he's still going to whoop ass, always. I'm sorry, 
but I I got to go with Anderson Silva, and I'm the reason I'm going to say this is that his prime was so long. He won the UFC middleweight championship on October of 2006, October 14, 2006. He beat Rich Franklin. He then successfully defended it 15 times. He gave it up. So, I, I want to go ahead and interrupt you for a second, real quick, just so you know. Spider Spider's camp was fully involved in TRT therapy prior, just just the way Vito Belfort was, and and the rest of those Brazilian guys. They were all on that TRT from the get, from the get. They were on it, and there was no USADA. There was no testing. There was none of that shit when he was running. When he was going off, when he beat the fuck out of Rich Franklin, who's out of. By the way, he's he's from Cincinnati, right? When he when yeah, he when he beat the shit out of Rich Franklin, bro, he he was definitely yoked up. He was yoked the fuck up. I promise you. The only person I would say in that era is GSP. GSP was the cleanest motherfucker out of all those guys. He never Silva never tested positive in the UFC ever. Yes, he did. Yes, he did, and he had a band for it too. Go ahead and look it up, producer. Not during his dead. championship reign at middleweight. No, of course, because there was no USADA. There was no testing back then is what I'm trying to tell you. Vito Belfort was running TRT and got exemptions when he came back to the UFC. Bro, those Brazilians have been running TRT from the get. From the get. John Jones. Hey, blame it on the PEDs, but you know what? I can see Pedge when I see Pedge, you know? Tommy, I can see him from a mile away. Whether it's I know it, man. Or, or, or MMA, I can see it. I know it. I know it. You call him out, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, that is all the time we have. Thank you, Tommy, for joining us on a Monday night show. As I as I texted you earlier, you have an open invitation, a standing invitation to join us whenever you want always, to. And Tommy, can. Always, always. And, uh, it was a pleasure, uh, guys. Thanks, thanks for having me. We'll be back at it on Friday. Uh Josh can tell us all about his Monday Night Raw experience, which is where he's at today, which is why he wasn't on the show. So, all right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Tommy, for joining us. And uh, we'll be back at it on Friday. We cover all bases, face it, you can't erase us, back and forth, watch where it take us, cultural topics and sports, baby, you know we got it, always our response is amazing, all bases covered, yeah, yeah, you know you love it, our thoughts, they be off with a dome, first to the second, the topics, they change like the weather, then you know we bringing it home, we cover all bases, face it, you can't erase us, back and forth, watch how we shine, cultural topics.